0: Welcome to the Out What Now podcast. I'm your host, Megs Pulvermacher, and each week I'll be bringing you stories, interviews, and insightful conversations with queer folks, much like yourself, about how they've navigated the ups and downs of their coming out journeys so you can do the same while learning to love yourself more fully and live more boldly and authentically. Wherever you are in your coming out journey, know that you're right where you're supposed to be. You're loved and we're so excited to be on the journey with you. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Out What Now podcast. Super pumped to be hanging with you for yet another day in our Chosen Family series and to bring you yet another inspiring queer human to add to your Out What Now Chosen Family Rolodex. I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. I'm sitting down today with Angie Bailey, whose story I really hadn't heard Prior to having this conversation. So, you're going to get to hear the story in real time right along with me, which is pretty cool. Angie is a big mental health advocate. And just a heads up, we do have some references to suicide and self harm within the context of our conversation in here. So, make sure you're taking care of yourself, taking breaks, and just being aware that that comes up when we're having this combo. So, It's really, really good stuff. Such good advice. And so um, important that uh, Angie is willing to share her journey. And she's also super passionate about visibility and visibility, particularly for queer youth, because I think a lot of us as queer adults can relate to the experience of not really having a lot of queer folks to look up to. So we didn't really see uh, Particular, I know Angie didn't because she said she didn't. I know I didn't because I didn't uh, have someone that was an example of a queer person being successful or a queer person having like a loving, healthy relationship or a queer person uh, being even just happy or at baseline <laughs> or whatever. We mostly heard a lot of negative stories. You know, you've got Ellen, whatever. But not in just day-to-day life being able to see ourselves in an adult form as as a child which i think is a really cool point that angie makes and something she goes out of her way to do and be and provide for queer youth out there today so it's a really cool conversation i think you're really going to enjoy it make sure you get in touch with angie give her some love let her know what you took away what you liked Um, And I hope you all have the best weekend ever. And without further ado, I will kick you over to our conversation. All right, everybody, we're here with the one, the only, Angie Bailey. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Super pumped to have you and to get to know you a little better because I'm learning right along with all of the listeners. So this is going to be super great, authentically surprised stuff. So um, why don't you give us a little intro into who you are, pronouns,
1: different identities you have, all that good stuff. Sure. So, obviously, my name is Angie Bailey, and my pronouns are she, her, and I would say that I identify as a lesbian,
0: Yeah, and
1: and I am a proud dog mom of two lovely pups, and I am a wife. My wife is Mo, so some of you may have heard her podcast recently, and then also, So I'm a Norfolk area pride board member. So that's our local pride organization here. Heck yeah. Is that fun? Is that like a
0: new, uh, undertaking or have you been doing that for a while?
1: I have been doing that for about a year and a half or so. And I Mm -hmm. love it. That was the first organization that I really got involved with as I was moving here. And really that's how I knew I could live here is just having this organization and the people involved and all of that. So I love that organization dearly.
0: Very cool. It sounds like you guys have some pretty sick parties too, just based on what I've heard.
1: (laughs) Yep. They're pretty
0: awesome. Is that where you did the gingerbread house thing? We sure did. Oh my God. That was so fun. Can you recap it for folks just in case they need something really fun to do to spice up their holiday parties? It just sounds super fun.
1: Yeah. So we had groups of about Five people, and we had this gingerbread house competition where we had eight minutes to put together this gingerbread house. It came in a kit. And Mm -hmm. so each group had eight minutes to put this together, and then we judged them. And I'd say (laughs) most of them were not standing (laughs) at the time of the judging part. Um, It was super fun, a lot of laughing, just fun to see what people came up with in eight minutes. So great activity. Yeah, when Mo was talking about it in QIC, I was like,
0: that sounds like an episode of Nailed It. <laughs> yes!
1: You just yes. need
0: like the lid or whatever. Oh. Um, but it sounds so great. I'm, I'm very, very strongly considering bringing that to the table for our family Christmas. So we'll that see. would be
1: awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um,
0: you mentioned that you moved to Norfolk. It's Norfolk, right? Not
1: Norfolk. Yes. Yep, yeah. correct. Um, and where did you move from or where did you grow up? Sure. I grew up and moved from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So that's, this was a very big change, just having lived in Sioux Falls my whole life and, um, uh, growing up there and my parents still live there. So, um, yeah, I grew up in Sioux Falls, um, and then ended up moving here. So I worked from home, so I was just able to keep my same job. And so that was really, um, very fortunate to have done that. So. Um, At least I had one constant. Otherwise, it was definitely a big transition for me, especially during COVID moving. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't lived here too long. So, yeah, that's a little bit about my history.
0: Yeah, man, moving during COVID, like a state to state move like that would be so hard. It's hard enough to make one just friends as an adult, Mm -hmm. but friends as an adult in a pandemic when you can't go anywhere. (laughs) Jeez.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So most Mo and I spent a lot of our time together, which, which we both loved, but I think we're ready to spend a little bit more time with other people. So <laughs> uh, I think Mo, especially. Let um, some
0: other people into the club, huh?
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Love that. Um, when do you think is the most recent time that you have come out?
1: yeah, so one of the things is about that's interesting about this question is I feel like I come out all the time like if we go to a new doctor and it's like whos who did you bring with? you know, this is my wife. Um, and really anytime I might introduce some somebody to my wife, so this is my wife, Mo, especially if they maybe don't know that that's my wife. But really, I'd say the the most recent big time that I came out was, I transferred to a new position about six months ago or so. So of course, you know, my new team um, coming out to them and I just nonchalantly start talking about my wife. That's kind of how I did it. Um, and it went over very well. Nobody even batted an eye. So um, I was very fortunate about that. But that would definitely be the, the biggest, most recent time, just since I work with these people every day and all of that.
0: Yeah, it's... Um interesting how much easier and more natural it is to like kind of come out just by explaining a very normal element of your life mm-hmm. rather than having to be like I'm a lesbian yeah, <laughs> right. like after the first time you have to say it it's like you kind of just get to do it it also helps when you're in a relationship that's like one of the Yes. the best things about having that chip, isn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I worked at this company for eight years. And so this was monumental just for me to feel safe to do so. Because when I first started, I didn't feel safe to come out. And that's probably due to a variety of factors. I mean, that was eight years ago. Um, you know, I was in different different relationship. And, you know, it's just different life. I, I mm-hmm. think society has evolved a lot in eight years. And so um, it's nice to be able to talk about my wife and to feel completely safe uh, with my coworkers. So um, I'm just very fortunate that um, both teams that I worked with four years ago and my current team, I've just been very fortunate to have people. It, it just doesn't matter. And so that's wonderful.
0: Yeah, it really elevates the, uh, the water cooler talk, doesn't it? When you can yeah. actually say what you did over the
1: weekend or what you're right. looking forward to. Yeah, exactly. And really, when I transferred the first time, I told myself that, "Hey, this is the opportunity. This this is my opportunity to come out and live authentically." And so that's what I did, and it was just the best feeling ever to be able to talk about my partner at the time and um, just to be my true self. Yeah,
0: it's so much less to think about. Like that's right. just it's like this cognitive cloud of. Ugh who knows and who doesn't and where can I say this and where can't I say that? So being in an environment where you just get to be probably makes you a far more effective and productive worker, generally speaking, anyway,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which I think uh, particularly in um, like corporate settings and stuff, people are really Mm -hmm. starting to figure out like, hey, maybe we don't need to be such assholes about this.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Yep. Yep.
0: Plus you get the queer kids in there and things get a lot more interesting. So that's right. (laughs) Yeah, You want people to come to work, keep it interesting. Um, So we've kind of touched on some pieces of um, your story, but if you had to kind of identify maybe an element of your story or some key turning points in the things that have, um, come to be that have made you, you, the Angie Bailey we're talking with today. What has gotten us to this point?
1: I think one big thing is just that I actually came out at age 12 and my family was supportive. So that was 20 years ago and they were very supportive. So that is part of what makes me unique is just because that's part of my story is Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I, I didn't have within my family. I didn't have a lot of challenges. However, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies because I still had school. I didn't know anybody else. I felt alone. I didn't really feel like I belonged. I struggled to make friends. Like, so that was really hard for me. And I started having, you know, mental health issues at a young age. Like that's part of my story. That's something I, I like to talk about just to help others. So I'd say my turning point was when I, I actually tried to end my life and ended up in the behavioral health hospital in 2015. So that was definitely a turning point for me, just finally acknowledging some of the struggles I had and talking about those things. And it was, it was difficult as hard as all that of that was though. It was the best thing that happened to me just because, Mm -hmm. so I kind of equate it, like I even did a painting about this, but I kind of equate it to like, falling off a staircase. Like I just, I'm, I was at the bottom of the staircase and, um, along the way back up, I learned skills and tools to help myself with different emotions and just difficult times that I will go through during my life. And so that was really uh, a turning point for me just in my life and in my mental health journey and just me living as a person. So that was a big part of that. And as I look back on my journey, I have realized how important it is for kids to be in supportive environments in schools Mm -hmm. and have LGBTQ role models, you know, different adults in their life that they can look up to and know that, that they're not alone. And so, you know, I I didn't really know anybody else in my school or in my life who was gay. And so I really think it would have probably helped me to have other Healthy adults who shared my identity or or similar. Um, And so, you know, kind of a conclusion to the story is that I found it's important to show up for queer kids. And one of the things that my wife and I do as a part of Northbrook Area Pride is we facilitate the youth peer groups. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, really helpful because I can say to these kids, you know, if they are going through a difficult time like, I understand, you know, I've been there. Um, Of course, it's very different. I think nowadays, 20 years later, I think things are different for kids, but still like I've been through that. And so that's a little bit about my story. Um, Mental health is really important to me. And, you know, I I like to talk about my journey um, just to share it with others.
0: Damn. What a great story. (laughs) Um, Thank you for sharing that. It's, it is, I mean, I suppose when you are in a mode where you're used to sharing your story, or if that's something that you commonly do, like it's uh, it gets easier and easier, but going back to places like that and points, you know, in your life that were really challenging, really life-changing life giving, it sounds like in in your case, um, that's really hard to do. So thank you for doing that. (laughs) Um, Cause that can be really exhausting. Um, But man, yeah. The, the visibility, just working in, um, I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but I work, I'm a school psychologist by training and practice. So I um, am in schools a lot in the, I happen to work in a district that has a shitload of queer people floating around. So there is a lot of visibility there, but I do kind of look around sometimes and be like, damn, if I had this like what a person um who was visibly authentically queer like how would that have changed what i thought about myself or the way i maybe would have i don't know not seen myself as like weird or different or wouldn't have been so isolating so that's really powerful stuff that you're able to kind of pay that forward um and that's such a you and mo thing to do
1: <laughs> right Yeah. I love doing that alongside with Mo. It's, it's great. And it's a wide variety of age groups. We have high schoolers, you know, a lot of ninth graders, 10th graders, and then there's even kids that are younger, you know? And so um, that's nice just to, to have both of those groups and to do that alongside with my wife. It's just an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love the point you made too, about like, just because there's, you know, one element of your life where you might have support and it might be okay to be you. Like, you, there are a lot of different hours in the day where, where you're not going to be chilling with supportive people all the time. So, having those tools and coping skills and all of that stuff to be able to navigate that, both as someone who is in the process of growing up, I mean, we all are, but as a kid and as an adult, those things are so important. Um, have you found any specific tools or strategies that are particularly helpful for you when, um, you kind of get into that ebb and flow of mental health and how that stuff just kind of tends to go?
1: Sure. There are a few things that are really helpful to me. Um, gratitude is a big one. So, I mean, that's even something I'm trying to navigate through right now of just finding a few things every day that I'm grateful for. So that helps, especially like with depression, just I can identify a few things I'm grateful for that. That helps my mindset. Um, meditation's is a great one because it just, if you can focus on something else, um, even things like adult coloring, because you're focused mm. on that thing, I find that helpful. Or like I said, you know, my, my dogs, they're one mm. thing that bring me joy. So going for a walk with them. So I, I really think back to what brings me joy? Is it painting? So I, sometimes I paint, is it, Spending time with my dogs or going out to eat with my wife or whatever it might be that I enjoy, that is a big help to different mental health experiences that I might be struggling with.
0: Word, word. Love that. (laughs) Uh, I was just talking uh, in the interview I was doing before this about one of my favorite pizzas. It's like pepperoni and jalapenos with a little honey drizzle on it. It's just so good. That is pure joy.
1: Yep, that's right. Yeah, it could be eating a delicious meal, some something like I love sushi, I love Indian food, I love like ethnic food, and just eating something so delicious and and really taking that in. That's joy, exactly. So it yep. can be very basic things. Um, but just to, to fill you back up, it could be spending time with friends, whatever it might be.
0: Word up, love that, yes. Um, so We kind of talked about the holiday party. We got a lot going on. We're smack dab in the middle of December. Um, So there's a lot of fun things going on, some stressful things, some anticipation for the new year coming in. What kinds of things come up for you this time of year?
1: This time of year has in the past probably 10 years or so has been pretty difficult for me just since. My grandma died in 2010. That was really hard for me. I think my grandma was really just the glue that kind of held our family together. Not that we're all, not that we don't talk to each other or we're not a family anymore. It's just, she held a lot of the, the traditions that we don't really do anymore. Like, um, just having a meal on Christmas day and then with different families and you know spouses and all that and and my brother lives in Connecticut so it's just it makes it difficult um so i think back to when she was alive when we were younger when we had more traditions and so that's that's kind of hard um mm-hmm. and then of course the reality of covid has made the holidays hard as i mentioned my brother lives in Connecticut so um for example my wife has never met my brother mm. so <laughs> he wasn't able to be at our wedding. So, you know, it's just makes things difficult. Um, so the holidays are hard for me. And one one way I try to cope with that again is gratitude. Like I'm really grateful that Mo's family is so close nearby and that I have them to, you know, be around and spend time with and all of that, that makes things a little easier. It doesn't, it's not a Instead of, it doesn't replace my family, but it's an and situation Mm -hmm. of my family is all over, you know, hours away and we don't have a lot of traditions right now for multiple reasons. And I'm grateful that I have my wife's family that's nearby. So it's difficult for me. And I try to look at the gratitude, the things that I'm grateful for.
0: Hey. That is, that is some real, real, uh, December analysis right there. <laughs> <laughs> so many, cause so many things oh. can come up from so many different angles mm-hmm. and there really right. is, um, just a balance of, you know, there's, of course there's lots to be grateful for. And there's some things that really suck too. Mm-hmm. And it's okay mm-hmm. to, to, uh, embrace that and, and, um, sit with both.
1: Yeah, that and thing that was one thing Mo taught me, and I really like every day I think of that instead of a but or invalidating one thing, it's an and like you can have space for both things. That has really helped me in how I think about things and handle different things I'm feeling or experiencing.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, you're doing a damn good job! So, (laughs) props to you, my friend, props to you. Um. So a lot of things have gone on this year for all of us. I'm sure you are no different. Um, but if you had to kind of identify one big takeaway that you have from 2021 and maybe some advice for folks going into 2022, what would you say?
1: Yeah, I agree. A lot happened in 2021. Um, my biggest takeaway is that just remembering this too shall pass. So I have that tattooed on my wrist. Mm. I see that every day. And that really is my life motto and something that helps me navigate hard situations. For example, in 2021, um, 10 days before our wedding, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. So I had a daily reminder that like, we'll get through this, like, you know, this will pass and, and we'll get through it. So um, that was something, just another reminder that I had, something that I like to share with people um, that, that just really impacted my life.
0: Yes, this too shall pass. Yep,
1: that's right. <laughs> yep, I see it, it every day.
0: It always will. We teach that in our um, some of our uh, elementary social-emotional learning lessons um, it's okay to have a feeling uh, feelings change or circumstances change and you can sit with sit with and through it and get to the other side that's that's a damn good takeaway yep exactly <laughs> t- 2021 it too shall pass and it did praise be yep, <laughs> um any um, any other nuggets of advice or words of wisdom you want to leave the people with?
1: Another thing that has really impacted my life, and even in 2021, is courage over comfort. So, mm. you know, if you're on your own, try something new out, reach out, make a new friend. And I, I still struggle with this, but even doing this podcast, I've never done a podcast before. So it's courage over comfort to just step outside of my comfort zone um, trying a new food or anything that you've never done before that you wanted to do. I really, I try to live my life courage over comfort. And that's one piece of advice because really that's where life happens is outside of one's comfort zone. So that would be my advice.
0: Hell yeah. Courage over comfort. I don't know that I've heard it worded exactly like that, but I love it. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there, if folks want to get in touch with you, maybe even be like, hey, first podcast? No way. That was amazing. Give you a little shout. um, What is the best way for folks to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, they can look me up on Instagram. I'm on Insta, Angie Bailey 411 can find me on Insta and see, cute pictures of my pups and other random photos I post. So I'd love to connect with anyone that would love to connect with me.
0: Awesome. Well, um, thanks again, Angie, you absolutely crushed it. No surprise there. Super, super appreciate (laughs) you.
1: Thank you. All right.
0: That is all we have for you today. Everybody catch us back here tomorrow for yet another episode until then keep it queer out there. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Out What Now podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you could take the time to leave a five-star rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And if you know someone who could use the message you heard in today's episode, please, please, please share it with them so that we can get this message out to as many people as possible. Thanks so much for being you, and keep it queer out there.